you're listening to Poldark Fancast, a podcast that's sometimes about Poldark, created by us. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. Uh, you can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Musings, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark, and I much more regularly tweet at Rita Bite. <laughs> and uh, welcome back to another quarantine mini-sode. Uh, we're here every week during the coronavirus crisis with a new mini-sized podcast to listen to about something we watched that week. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing a little something different. Um, as you know, for the past weeks, we have been doing an Austin marathon, watching the adaptations of um, the Queen, uh, Jane Austen's work. Um, this podcast is going to be like a little roundup where we compare and contrast them with a little award ceremony. <laughs> Oscars ain't got nothing on us. No. no. I tried to think of a name for this award <laughs> ceremony, but I came up with a complete blank. So, listeners, right on in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before we start, we can call it like, the loving cup. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Well, some of it is not about loving, uh, so that would be <laughs> that's true. That would be a misrepresentation. <laughs> anyway, true. so before we start, here's a quick reminder of the many, many, many films and shows we watched. So we started this whole thing off with Emma 2020. Uh, then we watched Sanderton. Then we uh, watched Persuasion 1995, uh, Pride and Prejudice 2005, Woot Woot, the only one that matters, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Northanger Abbey 2007, then Sense and Sensibility 2008, Mansfield Park 1999, and Love and Friendship 2016. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot. I know. It it did feel quite endless to be fair. <laughs> I thought we'd never get here. Uh, but overall, have you enjoyed this Austin Vest? Oh, yes. This has been so much fun. Um, you know, especially uh, discovering films and series that, you know, I hadn't watched when they first came out. And uh, so, you know, that was... It's always nice doing that. It's like you discover a, a little hidden pearl that that uh, you didn't know that you had. Um, so I truly enjoyed it. How about you? It was really, really great. I really liked, especially going back and rewatching Sanditon and having you react to it, like <laughs> <laughs> listening to you and like going through it for the first time was really fun for me because the sense of just complete anger when it ended was hilarious. <laughs> God, uh, that was just cruel. It was cruel. Oh, so but also cruel. fun. <laughs> like, it was oh, yeah. fun torture. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, one of the themes of these many, many podcasts was me going, hey, have you read this? And you going, no. Oh, and I'm no. going, okay, well, <laughs> for some reason I have. <laughs> so are you considering reading any of these books now? Um, I am considering reading, um, uh, Northanger Abbey. Yes! Yeah, I'm considering, that's the one that I'm just kind of like, yeah, I think I want 
picked that one um, because I've read all of the books with the exception of the, you know, few little pages that uh, birthed Sanditon. Um, That's always so a fun read, by the way, just to see how different it is, it is from the oh. show. That could be fun. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, short. Uh, you I could have... read it in like half an hour with a cup of tea, <laughs> get it done. <laughs> just pop that thing out. Um, let's see. Um, maybe Mansfield Park? Yeah. Oh, I don't... I, yeah. I'm reading a whole bunch of books on um, anti-racism right now, so, you know, oh, that's... hard same. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of got my brain uh, occupied on the, the book front, but um, I am definitely curious about Northanger Abbey. I think when you're finished, like, melting your brain with the pure <laughs> chaos of the world, Northanger Abbey is a very good, like, escape. Oh, awesome. Soothing bomb. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so I want like an award show theme tune, but yet again, like ugh, I don't know quite tonally what we're going for here. <laughs> Something majestic and you know, with lots of violins and horns. <laughs> Air horns, so, like club dance remix of some kind of pole exactly. dance mess. Okay. Yes. That, <laughs> that was awesome. my clumsy Oscar introduction into our award <laughs> ceremony. Welcome, welcome. I imagine me as Billy Crystal. I don't know why, but he is Billy Crystal's like the most Oscar-y uh, of Oscar presenters, right? He was so good because he would always do that that uh, like musical number at the beginning. Um, that was so much fun. Oh yeah, I loved watching this show when he was the host. It's hard to hard to beat him. I love that I have nostalgia for something that happened when I was so small. <laughs> <laughs> Lord help us. <laughs> anyway, so um, let, let, let's begin. Everybody get to your seats, buckle down, and wait yes. for your name to be called. Uh, no, not you, Persuasion. <laughs> Don't get too excited. Um <laughs> <laughs> The first award is the Ramelza Award for Best On Screen Chemistry. Um, oh. Who would you nominate, Michelle? Oh my gosh. Um, I would have to say, I mean, you know, um, 2005 PMP, you know, that's my ride or die. You know? Um, my ride or die. Um, However, <gasps> I really think it's got to go with um, the leads from Sanditon. <gasps> Sydney and Charlotte, come on down. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. They would be my nomination yes. as well. Um, yes. I think um, in part, I think it's just because it's a sexier show and you've got like more opportunities <laughs> for them to be like hot and angry and staring at each other. We're all both here for that. Um, mm -hmm. And like, yeah, you're not going to get that in like, then again, it does kind of happen in Parade and Prejudice. So that is a, that's a close second when they're hot in the, mm -hmm. they're oh. arguing in the rain. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh God, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, that is the scene that comes to mind um, whenever I think about that movie. That and the long walk yeah. across the field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I swear, um, uh, Theo James and Rose Williams just completely ignited my senses. And I thought they were fantastic. Yes. Yes. So... They get that one. Okay, we're in agreement. Let's, uh... Mm-hmm. I know that's so rare for us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick, quick. They've got to get off the stage. It's time for our next uh, award. Yes. You take it away. Yes. Oh, gosh. So our next award is the Francis Poldark Award for show-stealing performance. Now, this... What do you think? This one... Was a toughie because uh, everybody was kind of like amazing. That's one of the things about Jane Austen movies. Consistently, like mm-hmm. even the small parts are really good. Um, but mm-hmm. I would say uh, Carrie Mulligan in Northanger Abbey because um, there is a sense like when she made this movie, she wasn't a very well-known actress, and yeah. there yeah. she just gives like a. Barnstormer, Barnstormer, I can't say that word, um, of a performance just stealing every mm-hmm. scene. And she she gives such a intelligent performance that I'm like, I gotta give it to Carrie. Yeah. I gotta. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have to agree with you. Um, I watched uh, Far From the Madding Crowd last night. Oh, you're getting ahead of um, us. Oh, damn it. I know, I know. Because um, I forgot that we were doing this uh, roundup, and so I was like, "Oh shit, I've got to get my show in." <laughs> so, um, so I watched Far from the Madden Crowd, and you know, it's just blown away by her. And I mean, that movie is absolutely beautiful, um, but uh, just blown away by her uh, performance. And you know, I remember, I think the first time I saw her, and I, I mentioned this when we watched um, Northanger Abbey, um, that the first time I ever saw her was on Doctor Who um, in the episode Blink, which, if you haven't seen it, it's a fantastic episode that can actually, excuse me, actually stand on its own two feet. Um, You know, you don't have to be a fan of the series um, or the characters to watch that and truly enjoy it. Um, and I remember just being blown away by her performance in that. And then it seemed like she started showing up everywhere. Yeah, that was a period <laughs> where she was in every movie we watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, she's, she is a truly a magnificent talent. So would totally agree with you on that. Okay. So. The next award is somewhat harder. The Prudy Painter Award for Biggest Lulls. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay. This is impossible. A toughie because there were a few performances. Yeah. um, For me, it really came down uh, between Emma and Love and Friendship because they were the films that I think... Uh, revelations in terms of how funny I thought some of them were um, but I had to go with Kate Beckinsale in Love and Friendship because 
she was just oh god I want to be her she's such a bitch it's a <laughs> her ability to just backhandedly compliment people is just a dream and I can't think of a <laughs> of a funnier female lead in anything ever just give her all of the awards <laughs> oh god that's awesome that's awesome uh well I we're gonna break um uh, our streak <laughs> our what our two award streak um so far um I have a particularly soft spot in my heart for uh, Tom Hollander from the 2005 Pride and Prejudice, uh, who played, um, you know, our dear uh, cleric. (laughs) (laughs) What wonderful roast potatoes. (laughs) Yes, yes, it was excellent potatoes. (laughs) That actually reminds me of the love and friendship scene where the, the dude with the peas, like they, yes, they need the to be paired up and with just talk about the food on the table. Yes. <laughs> oh God! But yes, he'd have to be my uh, my lols. I don't remember if I lolled that much the first time I saw him, but subsequent subsequent performances, I I just I can't help it. <laughs> Because he's so utterly ridiculous. Whenever he shows up in anything, I'm always just like primed and ready for him to make me laugh. And it's Mm -hmm. just unfortunate in some dramatic roles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He is a, he is one of my favorite um, character actors um, in British film and television. Um, Have enjoyed him very much. Okay. So, next up, <laughs> uh, favorite of mine, um, the Aiden Turner Award for Swooniest Male Lead. It's your turn okay, to go first. Uh, okay. So, this was tough for me because I really wanted to say J.J. Fields because J.J. Fields forever. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of, like, Swooniest, I had to yet again just... <laughs> Theo James is just like, yeah. uh, it just, he kills me in a way that I can't explain. <laughs> he is so attractive and charismatic and he wears leather trousers. <laughs> so, Theo James, take it away. <laughs> oh, poor Mr. Pope. <laughs> <laughs> poor Mary, can you imagine? You know, he... Oh. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, you know, you talk about charisma and, you know, he had, he was on that show for how many <laughs> yeah, minutes? Yeah, we all remember him. Not very many minutes. And yeah, we can't stop thinking about poor Mr. <laughs> <Pabook>. <laughs> um, And he is positively scrumptious in... Um, Sanditon. Just, ugh. God, if they if they don't give Lord, us season two, me. how what will we do with all the sexual oh. frustration that we feel watching it? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah, it's uh, uh, that that will be bad. That will be bad. 
So is that your nomination too? Who? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Poor JJ Field. <laughs> I no. I mean JJ Fields for me is kind of like he is the quintessential go-to for an Austin adaptation. Right. For me, yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be like if if someone was going to do um, an, another adaptation of, oh, let's say, um, Emma. Even though they did just did one, I was like, you know who would be a better nightly? J.J. Field. <laughs> let's just call yeah. him up for everything. Yeah, I mean, he would he would have been absolutely perfect as nightly. I think he might have been slightly better. Oh, I can't believe Oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, though I he 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 wouldn't have that wonderful singing moment. I still get like, Knightley for me was cute, mm-hmm. but his main attraction for me was that he could sing. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that moment where he sings is the best part of his performance for me. I really want to watch that one again. I really do. Yeah, uh, that might be one that I wind up eventually purchasing. Same. I've been waiting yeah. for the price to go down because I'm still so bitter yeah. that I had to pay like seventeen yeah. pounds to, to rent 20, it. Yeah, I had yeah twenty pounds or I mean twenty dollars. You just um, got suddenly British to, to rent it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, twenty dollars to rent it. It was like. Oh kidding me then it was like oh this is so good (laughs) it was worth the money don't get me wrong but i'm still better Mm -hmm. about it Uh, (laughs) i mean i would have paid that to see it in a theater you know once you get your ticket to get in the freaking door and then of course popcorn because movies um between the popcorn uh, and the ticket i paid more than that (laughs) <laughs> yeah so you're like popcorn popcorn's uh, like drink. 20 quid here it's like <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and um i would have to get um some of those uh oh crap the name just flew out of my my head the really sour little candies sour uh, sour i, I want to say sour patch. patch kids and i was like no that's yeah. that's it's a toy that's a toy, Rita. <laughs> but yeah, the sa- yeah, the Sour Patch Kids, because I dump those into my popcorn. That's intense. I oh, so good. Put so good. I put M and M's in my popcorn, mm. so I can get like yum. yum yum melted chocolate on it. Yum. Oh, there's a there's a movie theater in Seattle that um, it's the Cinerama, and. You can get chocolate popcorn. Oh, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it is so good. It is so good. So good. Mm-hmm. Oh please, Corona, go away! <laughs> I so, just want to go to the cinema. I just, I would honestly, if I lived in Seattle, if I worked in Seattle, I would go buy the Cinerama just to buy the popcorn. Wouldn't go see the movie. I would just go in, buy the popcorn, take it home, and then watch, and then watch whatever I wanted to watch. It's that good. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> We've gone vastly <laughs> off topic. Um, I know, uh, right? Let's let's kind of swim. It's kind back of to, like the to... Oscars in that you just have to end up waiting for ages for your favorite category. Yes. Um. 
Yeah. Okay, the next one uh, is the Demelza Poldark Award for Best Female Lead. Woo! Oh, Your wow. turn to go first. Holy crap. This is a tough one. I know, because this is unlike most movies you will watch. The actual cast is mostly female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the lead character in all of them is female. Yep. And so, you know, you've you got a bunch to kind of try and swim through. Um, oh, God. I loved Keira Knightley in Pride and Prejudice. I thought she was absolutely perfection as Lizzie. Because she has those beautiful, fine eyes. And um, she is the <laughs> correct age. You know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> I really have to stop myself. <laughs> um, you know, I think I I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> the anticipation. It's it's between it's between Kate Beckinsdale and Love and Friendship and Rose Williams from Sanditon. Okay, for me. It's between those two, which, you know, is really, you know, given, you know, how many times I've seen like Sense and Sensibility and Persuasion and you know how much I love that Persuasion. Um, um, And the aforementioned Pride and Prejudice. And these uh, are new films that you've never seen before. Well, series in the case of Anderton. Yep. So it's between the two. I'm going to have to go with Rose Williams. Ooh. I thought she was. I thought she was absolute perfection. Sanditon is really having a sweep in our <laughs> woods. Sanditon just blew my freaking mind. Yeah. yeah, everybody I know who who's watched it has been obsessed. So I really don't know how it got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I would go with um Emma for uh, Anya Taylor George. Oh. Um, because I think Emma is probably the hardest of the male lead, mm. well, not the male, the female leads, Freudian slip mm-hmm. there, um, to get right because, um, especially because this version of Emma is not the goop version where they make her too nice. This is a very like sort of right. pompous, right. privileged, pampered, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> indulged mm-hmm. Emma, um. And she's still so incredibly likable. Like, yes. it's almost like yeah. the more obnoxious she's being, the more you're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, she's great, love her. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, yep, everybody should do what she says. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got a point. She was absolutely I, I've never and seen her was, in anything before was... as well, so I was like, ah, who is this w- yeah. woman? Yeah, and, you know, I think, I think we were both just really taken aback at how brilliant this that film yeah. was. Um, you know, especially, you know, since there have been so many adaptations of Emma. So many. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, you know, not just the straight up Emma, but, you know, all of the modern adaptations as well. Um, you know, we didn't watch... Uh, Clueless, which I mean, 
I, love I that can movie. quote that oh, movie so from good. beginning to end. I think it would be mm-hmm. a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> yes, I love that movie. But anyway, she was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I'm not changing my vote, but you know, I'm I'm I am agreeing with you that she was. She was really amazing. I mean, quite frankly, we could give out these awards to anybody on the list because they were all great movies, uh-huh. except Persuasion. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, see, you just got swept up in the was was it the two thousand seven or two thousand eight version with Rupert Penry Jones. Partly. Yeah, well, I it I don't get me wrong. Love me some. RPG. It wasn't really about <laughs> uh, the Wentworth character for me. But mm. we'll talk about this mm-hmm. in, in our later awards. Um, we've got to head to the yes. the next one, which is incredibly important and possibly the only one. Yes. To That really ma- that really matters here. Where are we going on holiday next, Michelle? <laughs> uh, we have the Cornish Cliff Award for the most beautiful settings and scenery. So, Rita... <laughs> what do you think? I gave this to Sense and Sensibility because I was feeling a bit sorry for Ugh. it and I thought actually one of the only things it has going for it in this award show is that it's <laughs> just in the most beautiful location like the house. I want to live in that house. Oh. Yeah. Um those cliffs look too. a bit dangerous. I mean, I understand that was a step down for them. I know. <laughs> I understand that was a step down. I mean, but... come on. Not in terms oh. of scenery. I mean, what the hell? Oh, God. <sighs> Who needs all of those, like, flat parks and, you know. Yeah, but they don't have any trees that they can stick carpets on and then hit the hit the carpet with sticks with. That's the problem. Y- you're going to need yeah. some carpet yeah. tr- trees. Carpet trees. <laughs> carpet trees, definitely. Although I don't know if they're able to... Build or they're able to grow very well with you know yeah. being on ugh, being on the sea like that. Oh God, yeah. I mean that that is a gorgeous, gorgeous um, film for the scenery and and everything. Um, I am gonna have to go with Emma. Ooh, that was my second choice. Yes, but I felt yeah. sorry for sense yeah. and sensibility because it's not gonna win any of these awards, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Emma. I the I, that was one of the things that I know both you and I um, blathered on and on about <laughs> uh, during our episode uh, about, about the the viewing about just how exquisite the cinematography God. was. Now I really have to go and rewatch this movie because I'm just like replaying oh, it yeah. in my head. Just the first scene where she gets yeah. out of bed and goes to the. The greenhouse. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that is some of the most beautiful cinematography I've ever seen. <laughs> and the bitch is just cutting some flowers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Ugh. Growl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it absolutely beautiful. Okay, our next award is the Debbie Horsfield Award for Worst Adaptation. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, shout out to everybody who was there for our uh, hating on Debbie Horsfield. I'm sorry, Debbie, but I'm also not sorry. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. Oh, God. 
This is hard. Um, I can go first if you want. It is for me. Yeah, it's pers- yeah you go for first. me. It's persuasion because I really did not mm. like the second half of the movie. I was really, really enjoying it, and then I felt like it did a huge disservice to the Anne Elliot character. The entire ending is just about how they rejected Wentworth and now he's going to marry her and hurrah, he's won the girl and everyone out of his way. Um, And it's just like, I prefer a version of that story that's more centred on Anne's confidence growing back into herself in Bath and like, it's more like she chooses Wentworth again rather than the other way round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole thing mm-hmm. with the circus coming into town or whatever was so <laughs> stupid. That was so bizarre. That was so bizarre. Oh God! I mean, uh, the the thing about the um, more more recent adaptation of Persuasion um, that just killed me was the run-through bath. Yes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, why can't we have a good ending to Persuasion, people? <laughs> I know, I know. That was just like, it gave me motion sickness. You know, watching her, like, flail her way around Bath, trying to, to run these people down. Um, but yeah, that was uh, a bit uh, at least like in that version she's chasing him down there is some mm-hmm. there is some activity from her not just standing around like she's the prize he won ugh yeah that's yeah. very elizabethy yeah. no i gotcha <laughs> yeah i gotcha i no i i get that i get that but anyway um i am uh stalling <laughs> <laughs> you got to pick <laughs> one you couldn't tell I gotta pick one. Oh god, I gotta pick one. I'm surprised you haven't gone with Mansfield Park. It's the obvious choice for you. I that's what that was the one I was circling around. I was circling I around. I felt that like one. during the course yeah. of the podcast you sorta of grew to understand it intellectually, but you would never watch it again. And that is fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That that yeah. I'll go with that one. Though really, you know, maybe mm-hmm. sense and sensibility as well, because I think, like, talking about it, we were like, uh, uh. it It did seem to take a long time to get through. I mean, did they really, did they really need like, three episodes to do it? second episode, the whole beginning of it, well, I say the beginning, 40 minutes Ugh. of it was just a waste of my time, to be honest. I'm like, you should have done it Ugh. too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh-huh. Anyhow. Okay. Our next award. Oh, this is a nice one. This is the Dwight Ennis Award for being the best yes. of the best. Love you, Dwight. Forever uh-huh. and <laughs> Yes. Yes. So what's your favorite? What is your favorite? You have to pick one. It's like Sophie's choice. <sighs> All the others really? are going to a concentration camp. Which one? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Don't Sophie's Choice me, doesn't, girl. <laughs> then both the kids end up dying in Sophie's Choice. I mean, this may be a bad... Um, what happened to... 
Yeah, I think. Did, I did think she they pick did. the girl or the boy? This is Sophie's choice spoilers. Um, she picked one of them, and then I, they both I died. I was like, what the fuck is the point of this movie? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so not like Sophie's choice. Nobody's dying. You can still watch these movies again. Oh God. Yes. The best of the best. Mm, I am gonna have to go with JJ Field. <gasps> yeah. Abby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. It. He was such a freaking delight to watch in that and the man has the most expressive face on the planet (laughs) Uh, i could watch him forever (laughs) yeah i'd have to go with him i mean hard agree rita's happy uh rita's happy jj field is so underappreciated in the Austin Austin <laughs> community of fans. Everyone swoons over Darcy, mm-hmm. but come on, give him his oh, juice. He is adorable. He will talk to you about fabrics. Yes. He will dance with you and not make like <laughs> a huge deal out of how he doesn't like dancing. This man will dance. <laughs> we stand. Yeah. He he is he's wonderful. So, yay, JJ Field. <laughs> okay, so um, we had an email. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Um, I will begin by reading it. Hello, hi, lovely podcast ladies. Thanks for doing the mini casts. I'm really enjoying watching the movies and anticipating your reaction. It is definitely a nice distraction in these COVID times. Uh, The songs you pick for the end is always spot on. (laughs) That's a highlight for me. (laughs) Gonna be honest, don't really know a song that would encapsulate Jane Austen, so this will be interesting. (laughs) Everybody cross their fingers before we listen to the end. Um... She continued, I wanted to put my vote in for future minicasts. First suggestion is Belle. I haven't seen it. I know you have, but if you were inclined to watch it over... Um, you know, this is like the fifth or sixth time somebody has asked us to watch Belle. I'm starting to think that we maybe have to do it, but I know that yeah. it's like... <sighs> it's slavery again. And I feel like um, yeah. this is like... The hardest. I think, I think it's something that 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 I can manage. It is a lot lighter um, than yeah. Yes. Um. So okay. I would say we will eventually watch it, Michelle. Whenever you feel like you want to, you suggestion <laughs> because I am not gonna force the slavery <laughs> thing again. Or <laughs> accidentally did it for Northanger Abbey. Still feel kind of guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, you know, um, in the end, I think that, you know, the conversation that you and I had about the the film and the, the, the whole thing that was happening in the world at the time, um, I thought that that conversation was really wonderful. So, you know, don't <laughs> feel guilty. I think in the end, um, you know, in the end, it is more important it's more important for us to have 
the conversations um, about, you know, systemic racism um, than uh, tiptoe around them. Because there's been enough tiptoeing. Yeah. It's time to just step in it. It's time to just step in it and and deal with the the scrub off later. So I would be totally up for watching Bell um, after we do our show on Far From the Madding Crowd. Okay, it is going down on the list. It is irrelevant. All right. <laughs> you are stuck with it now. Um, <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um what from what i remember of it it's like it's it deals with identity more than it does with slavery i think and yeah that's, and that's a yeah. different angle we can talk about and it'll be mm-hmm. rich uh pickings yeah. i think so the email continued with uh suggesting jane eyre and we have our pick your favorite adaptation suggestion Ooh. um I would say 2006 is my favorite adaptation. To- is that the Toby, Toby Stevens? Is that the Toby Stevens one? Yes, Toby uh, Stevens. Hell yes. Um, um, I own it. Yay! I have it on DVD too. Yes. So, um, hell yes. Um, that's good. Put that on. Ink that in on the list. Can I go into a rant about how much I don't like the newer one? Oh, absolutely. Because I don't like the cast. Absolutely. Anyway. Continued with, okay, I'm struggling to remember movies. I can only think of series or miniseries right now. Then suggested Lost in Austin. I know you're wrapping up the Austin Fest, and this is probably about three hours, so maybe not. But this is a fun one, I think. (sighs) Have you seen Lost in Austin? Yeah. I loved Lost in Austin. I did too. I thought it was really cute. Though it does do some really problematic things by, like, whitewashing, um, what's his name? (sighs) The bad guy in Pride and Prejudice. I'm having a total blank. Take away the Austin card. Uh, Wickham. Wickham. It it Wickham. does some really problematic things where they just go, Wickham's a nice guy. It's like, he's still trying to sleep with a 15-year-old. He's, yeah. Um, but no, I would, I would watch it again. It's not, I'm writing it down on a post-it note, so. <laughs> okay. Oh god, I'm not going to be able to read my own handwriting. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, the other Boleyn girl. If you like Philippa Gregory, this there is also the White Queen and the White Princesses. Those are series, though. I hate Philippa Gregory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other Boleyn girl Ooh. is really hard for me to watch Ooh. as somebody who actually knows a lot about Anne Boleyn's life. <laughs> oh my! Oh, just, oh, I really struggle with that movie. The inclusion of the incest as an actual thing that happened is just. Really disturbing. No. no, We say no no, no, to incest on this show. Um, (laughs) Yes. I really like the White Queen. Um, Obviously, we Mm -hmm. uh, support Eleanor Thomas's work. I've not seen the White Princess. (laughs) Have you? Um, I've seen. I have not seen the whole thing. I saw the first couple um, episodes. And it was good. It was was good. good. Yeah. I thought it was weird that they recast who the main character. It was a complete, I suppose it's not really a continuation, but it is technically. Yeah, but it it was good. Yeah, um, it was good. Next suggestion is North and South, and I'm like, which North and South? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually slightly interested in watching the Patrick Swayze North and South because I've never seen it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about the other North and South, I'm also up for watching that again. Always up for that. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Love that one. I need to I need to uh, re-look at the, the plot for uh, the Patrick Swayze North and South because I am so not into Civil War shit right now. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. So... Is, is he from the so, north or the south? I need to know. I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I am not, you know, with um, Olivia de Havilland's uh, passing the other day, you know, RIP um, Olivia, you know, she was, you know, getting all of these, you know, wonderful um, articles written about her and, you know, and how she was, she how she performed in Gone with the Wind, which is one of the movies that seriously gives me an eye twitch. Um, but uh, yeah, I I don't I don't want to dabble in Civil War stuff. What right about now. original flavor North and South? Absolutely, love it. Um, yes, that bit with the Put with the, the co- list. The thing is, like, not to get into it, but. The cotton mills are also technically tied into the story of slavery, and it's yes. lightly glossed over in that story, which always makes me really uncomfortable. But maybe yes. that's just me being too like woke adjacent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something about the cotton floating down with while they're having their romantic scene, like really yeah. turns my stomach. <laughs> Um. Oh. <laughs> so sorry for yeah, ruining yeah. that for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yes, all those, yeah. Oh God. Uh, um, but yeah, I would, I would watch that. Again. Yeah. Um, I would. Next suggestion is Little Durette. Um, oh. I don't feel like crying for like how many hours that is. No. <laughs> Uh, oh god, I love that so much, but oh Exactly. Like, do we need it in the time of COVID? Like maybe depending no. how long COVID goes for, we might have to watch it just to fill some time. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not in our vibes when we can watch Far From the Madding Crown instead. Um uh-huh. Anyway, she says I would even rewatch season one of Poldark and listen to you guys recap those again. Did you really do them like you did towards the end? Um, so, if you weren't there from the beginning, and frankly, why would you be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, our podcast started with the beginning of season two. During the yeah. break between season two and three, we went back and redid season one. So, it was um, kind of a different style to what we usually do with our episode recaps because we had already seen season two at that point so that kind of we were spoiler filled basically and talking about yes. how things impacted um later on and yeah. and if you want to listen to those you can um i will try and set up a spotify playlist because i know we have a season one playlist on our soundcloud mm-hmm. for easy access mm-hmm. Surely that must be possible at this point. I will try. I would think so. I, mean, I would think so. Help me, Spotify. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> but yeah, you could take a listen to uh, the season one um, episodes for the podcast and then let us know what you think. Um, were we wide-eyed and less cynical then? Hopefully. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, During season one, you know, we I, loved that. Oh, God. Season one is, is like magic. Season one is, is just magic. Um, she concluded the email with keep up the fun and stay safe. Carol, also love me a period drama. Hey, girl, I see you on Instagram. I see you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for all the suggestions. Thank you so much. Um, I sometimes mm-hmm. just come up with a huge despite having watched all these period dramas when somebody says suggest something blank blank in my head so i really appreciate everybody who gives us these thoughts and suggestions over to you okay well you know that is it from us for this week's podcast uh as mentioned earlier we will be back next week uh where we will be uh watching and commenting on far from the madding crowd um, if you have any other suggestions about what we should be watching after that, or just want to have a chat, please get in contact with us. You can message us on our blog, email us at coldarkfancast at gmail.com, or find us on your social medias at coldarkfancast. And as ever, please do us a favor and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you find your pods these days. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Stay safe. Stay at home. Wear a mask. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm saying that specifically to the folk here in the States. People. (laughs) Wear your damn masks. Also in England, because it just this last week it became um, legally enforceable. So you fucking have to. Do it now. <laughs> yeah, they, they. We have the same thing, but you would be surprised at how many folks are still wandering around without them, and I, it just makes me crazy. Um, so wear a mask. Where or a keep your butt where, at home. Wear a mask. Wear, wear, wear. Wear a wear, mask. Wear, wear a mask. mask. Yes. <laughs> we really need to end this podcast. This is almost. 49 minutes long. Oh my god. Oh my god. We have been talking too long. Have a good week and we'll see you guys next time. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. Dear Mr. Darcy. Dear Mr. Darcy. Dear Mr. Darcy, we're composing a letter. We'll discuss your merits, how you could be doing better. You're the picture of gentility despite your lack of cheer. And no one could object to £10,000 a year. When you articulate by pen, you do it tenderly. You have the respect of your workers at Pemberley. All your qualities make you a desirable man. If you're open to feedback, we hope that you can take on just one instruction couldn't possibly hurt. For you to spend more time in a wet white shirt. Dear Mr. Darcy, we don't want to be cruel. But if we saw you on the street, we'd push you into a pool.
Dear Mr. Darcy, we don't mean to be curt But we only want to see you in a wet white shirt You pay off wretched weddings with stealth and bribery And behind closed doors have an enormous Library! You like your hands dirty and admire fine eyes But only if they're brightened by Exercise! You're rude, abrasive and you don't enjoy balls You forget the main point is not about his flaws Let's give positive feedback, let's take a look At his finest moments It's not even in the book We know you're not perfect Let's agree on that But your body's pretty close, not a scaric of fat You're critical, tyrannical, cynical, stuck up but he's rich and not that sexist JT intends to shut up. We don't understand how you're keeping it so tight. We insist that what it's covered in is wet and white. Dear Mr. Darcy, we don't want to be mean. But the thought of you in dry clothes is just obscene. Dear Mr. Darcy, you're keeping it tight. We insist that what it's covered in is wet and white. Wet and white. Wet and white. Fitzwilliam Darcy, the reason you're likeable is not because you're rich, attractive and reliable, or because the grounds at Pembley are desirable. What we really want is a mind that's pliable. Although it might seem despicable, we fall in love for reasons that are typical. It's not until we realise your character's changeable, we want the perfect man to be rearrangeable. Please forgive us for a lack of piety. We're justified by your impropriety. We know you're not an object, we really do. We're ashamed of ourselves, we swear it's true. Having said that now, if you could spare the time, could you ride a horse or covered in grime? Or chop down a tree or sweaty and glowing? Or lean into the wind when it's subtly blowing? Doesn't matter who plays you, but for what it's worth, we'll, we'll always close, close our eyes, eyes and think of Colin Firth. We implore you, Darcy, stick with your choice. Remain in your linen, but keep it moist. Sincerely, every woman ever.